Mmm, that's good. Welcome to Digital Coffee, guys. We had a great weekend. I saw some Warcraft. It was it was decent. It was okay. It was I would say one of the best video game movies out there right now, but that's really not the best list to go off of anyways because most of the rest of them were terrible. Anyways, let's get on with it. Even though E3 is going on, I will be talking about that on Thursday, but what we're going to talk about is mostly the announcements of Apple because Apple decided to have their same conference during E3 because reasons. Anyways, let's get on with it. All right, Apple did announce iOS 10. Yes, the newest and most comprehensive update is iOS 10. It comes with a whole slew of things. They are changing iMessage a little bit, adding more features to it, adding more features to Siri, unbundling a lot of their apps. You can finally, you know, delete the ones you just never use, which is most of them. Also, just different things with their lock screen, enhanced capabilities with 3D touch. They revamped Maps, Apple Maps, to make it more like Google Maps because reasons. And so just, you know, going back to Google Maps going like, yeah, we just don't know how to do this. They decided to do it themselves because Steve Jobs was upset with Google for stealing things, even though he stole things himself. Anyways, moving on from that, they did that. It's just a whole bunch of new and great things, especially with the HomeKit, Apple News being revamped as well, Apple Music being revamped. Basically, they went in and revamped everything they think they could revamp to make it better for you because that's what it's all about. It's making it better for you. And so this is the biggest, most comprehensive one. Now let's kind of get into it. All right, for iMessages, Apple has basically unlocked it for to allow third-party developers to well, join in the conversation, add their stickers, add looks like payments as well. So now you can easily add stickers to iMessages. And this is probably a big boom for developers, mainly because Apple iMessages and a lot of the other stuff has been locked for quite a while. So it's a great thing that they've actually done this. They also have dynamic links so you can kind of see what's going on with it. Like you can now, there's a lot of other things that they've kind of done that Google's allowed has done as well. I don't know what came first, even though well, technically Google announced their stuff first, so you could kind of say they did it first, but they could have been development at the same time, so we actually don't really know which one actually has done it. But yes, you can shout or whisper them as well. Dynamic links will actually give you kind of like information about different things. So if you put like something on Craigslist, it'll show you the price and other things like that. So it'll give you more contextual information that you kind of want to actually see. Also with food and takeout, you'll be able to see all that stuff. Stickers as well. So you can create your own stickers. I'm pretty sure businesses will create their own stickers as well. Payment system is going to be implemented so you can finally, you know, pay people that you need to pay. Sometimes we just need to pay people. We just need to pay them. Uh, you can kind of change the background, which I really wouldn't want to do because it'd be harder to actually read your things. I'll listen to music, watch videos, basically a whole slew of new things that Google has is happening as well. So you got that. You also have handwritten type notes you can put on pictures and put extra things on pictures as stickers and all this other 
contextual stuff that's kind of add messaging to be a little bit more rich than it's ever have been before. You also have the app drawers. You can put different apps in there as well. So you have a whole slew of things going on with this. There is a lot. This is to me a really great update. I don't use iMessage because I'm using Android, so I have no reason to use it. From my perspective, because I do have an iPad, this is just a really great whole slew of great updates coming. We also have um, a game that Apple has launched to get kids, you know, to understand code, especially Swift. Since Apple has open source Swift, they wanted to get people to learn how to code on Swift. They are giving a way for kids, you know, to start early so they aren't going to bang their head against the wall trying to figure this out. That's not me. I'm not even trying that right now. But it looks very much like Code Academy's type games. It's very, well, colorful and fun games to play. They actually made a specific keyboard for this. So you can get some, you know, function keys and all those other things specifically for writing Swift onto the keyboard. So it's kind of like a whole robust thing they've done with it. So it's a nice thing that they're actually trying to get kids to actually code. Now, if kids want to code, that's a different, different subject. Uh, parents always encourage your kids to, you know, try to do different things. But like I said, something if they want to do it or not, or just play games like Angry Birds or Candy Crush. Yay! Or maybe try to get them, well, you, maybe you could build something game like this. You know, try to do something like that. Make it more fun and like, ooh, I could. All right, now Apple also has unbundled, like I said before, they unbundled their native apps. So apps like maps, music, contacts, stocks, weather, mail, all the other things that you may or may not want are finally unbundled. The only ones that really are unbundled is clock, for some odd reason is not unbundled. It's kind of weird. Calendar, phone, wallet, Safari, settings, obviously. Find a new phone, messages, and health and activity are the only ones that are not unbundled uh, with it. So it'll still remain with it. But the ones you can actually get rid of is, like I said before, maps, videos, watch, reminders, contacts, weather, podcast, FaceTime, calculator, iCloud Drive, voice memos, tips, mail, compass, stocks, calendar, music, and find friends. So if you do not like most of Apple's products, especially mail, mail's not that good but then you can get rid of it finally instead of having all these <laughs> apple apps that you don't actually don't want now are they going to get updated a lot faster no this is just a way for people just to get rid of them because they've been asking that for a while and so apple has obliged and said there you go except for clock because apparently people need the clock maybe it might be tied to the actual clock in when you open it up i don't really know but apparently you can get rid of clock or the news and i can see why they don't get rid they don't want you to get rid of the news is because, well, that's where they're going to make their money as well. So you can finally can get rid of a whole bunch of apps that you don't ever use, finally. Because seriously, there's some apps you just never use. All right. Now, Apple Music has been redesigned to make it, well, feel like an iPod and, you know, make it a lot easier to manage, a lot easier to find things because the prior one or the one before or the one right now, I should say, but when it gets redesigned, it was a little hard to, you know, navigate. It wasn't that great to navigate. You wanted to find your stuff, but it was really difficult. And so what they try to do is try to be more contextual about it, make sure that you can find things a lot easier, especially your music, and just make it a little bit more functional, not so rage-induced. I want to hate this app, but why do I have this app type of feeling and then just go back to Spotify because it's a lot easier to, you know, figure out and manage and all that other fun stuff. But yes, they finally redesigned it. Yay! Redesign. Woo! 
All right, Apple Home has also been redesigned as well. Apple's making a huge push like other tech companies to basically be the hub for your smart home. Now, I'm always a little bit wary about smart home stuff because of the security that they don't have. They don't have much security. It's actually pretty bad security. It's actually terrible, horrible, really, really bad security. But odd tech companies are getting a push in this. I'd like to see some tech company figure out a way to actually make really good security so your stuff doesn't get hacked really easily, like under 30 seconds. Uh, but right now, that's not what it is. Apple's HomeKit has been updated so you can, well, control your lights, doorbell, cameras, garage doors, and more. And then you you can say to Siri, I'm leaving, or hit, or say, hit the I'm leaving, and it will basically turn off everything for you. Turn off your lights, maybe not your sink. You might not shut that off because it might just shut off the water. You know, close the garage door, lock the door, do everything that you really don't want to do anymore because we're that lazy, everybody. We have become so lazy that we can't do the normal routines anymore because that is waste of our th two seconds. Yes, especially if you're running late. Oh my gosh, I'm running late. I can't do that. Why, why would I want to do that? Uh, but yes, you can now finally, uh, finally get rid of all that stuff. All right, there's a couple new photo type updates as well. Apple's introduced facial and object recognition for mobile photographers. You know when you had that picture that you really wanted to show off, but it was like way long ago and you're like, when was that? And you have to go sort through, search through, go through it, find it. And then after like two hours later, you're like, ah, forget it. It's not worth it. It was funny at the time, but seriously, I might have way too much time on this. Uh, Apple's going to help you with that. And they are basically giving you a way for you to find it. They're going to categorize it and they will know what objects are in place by their algorithm they've put in place. So faces will be recognized and objects will be recognized and put into categories so you can easily find them, which will make it less time consuming to actually find that photo so it will know if you're taking like photos of food horses mountains rivers streams trees it will it will know all this it will put it in the right category so you may never have to you know search ever again which is well it's fun at times but it's kind of a drag at other times all right there's also another update called memories and memories allow you to well make memories from your old photos it's kind of taking on well it's taking on a couple different ones it's taking on time hop which is basically that's all about it's taking on Facebook on this day, taking on Google Photos Assistant and uh, kind of going, hey, we got our own. And basically what it does is that it kind of like collates different types of photos all together and kind of makes a little nice slideshow for you for you to share. It's supposed to make it a little bit more evergreen content. If you don't know what evergreen means is that means you can share it more than once and people won't be like, I've already seen this before. Why are you sharing it again? Uh, so you can see it more than once. That's, that's what they're trying to do with that. And so they've added this and it looks interesting. It looks very nice and slick, just like the Apple treatment of it. So if you don't really want to use Time Hop, Time Hop anymore or any of the other ones, this is for you. Also, it brings more privacy and less not privacy because Google Photos doesn't really isn't really that private. But you also get unlimited storage, which is different. So the these different there is differences between what Apple's doing and what Google's doing. Apple is doing it all on your phone and Google is doing it all off your phone. So there is a difference. Google wants you to put photos on their app and Apple technically already has it if you have an iPhone. Uh, so there is differences, but the differences are just because Apple owns it and Google doesn't except for, well, obviously Android, but that is the major difference uh, if you're wondering about that. Now, 
Another one, Apple has finally opened Siri to third-party developers. Woo! Now Siri can open WhatsApp and many other ones eventually will come or WeChat and start, you know, typing in or saying, say this message too. So you can use this more than just the bare bones basic of what Apple provides, which is another great thing because people had a lot of problems with Siri just it really wasn't that useful anymore. Great when it first launched, because like, oh, that's awesome. But eventually other ones kind of took over and were better at it. So now you can look through things from Yelp, uh, search content for on Twitter. There's also a lot of a bunch of different things. I mean, it's still new, so developers are still kind of making more things out of it, but this is the new wave of what's going to happen is opening it up and it looks like there's a new phase in apple going on being more open source than closed source because they have always notoriously been very closed uh so this is another interesting kind of milestone i would say for apple for being a little bit more open opening up more of their proprietary software or voice assistance and allowing other third-party developers to use it i think the reason why they're doing this is mostly because the other Big tech companies have already been doing this and they kind of need to get a leg up on them. But obviously everybody's going to be a little bit ahead and someone else is going to get ahead. And that's all about what's tech. So you're like, see, sir, is the greatest. Yay. I'm like, just wait, just wait until, well, Amazon or somebody else does it. But yes, this is a great step forward, especially for iPhone users who have wanted Siri to be actually useful and not a waste of time because... Sometimes it is. Apple is going to be taking on PayPal with browser paying now. Uh, before, Apple Pay has only really been on the phones and stayed on phones and doing in-app purchases, but now they're changing it and challenging PayPal with its own version of it. So you can pay through Safari. Uh, how it's going to do it is that you kind of do the transaction and then it makes you use your phone through the the ID touch or just kind of like a QR code type to enter into and then the purchase will go through. So it should be interesting to see what this actually does. Uh, this is also gonna be a bigger challenger for Google Pay as well or Android Pay or Google Wallet. I mean, Android, Google, they always change them all the time. Ah, but it's gonna be a challenger for that as well. And other ones uh, that have been out for a while, it's, it's gonna be a, chal a challenge for them too. So Apple's gonna try to get a bigger piece of the pie and it should be interesting to see what's gonna happen with that. Now there's also a couple other ones. Uh, 3D Touch is a little bit new or it's actually being updated, I should say, with more functionality. Now I do have some security concerns with it because now you can kind of just through your lock screen, well use the 3D Touch and use it without ever opening the app, which is great for convenience. Terrible if you can do it through your lock screen and you know someone takes your phone and then kind of just becomes you because they don't have to open your lock screen anymore. So I don't even know if I would actually turn that on or make sure that it's very limited or you have to actually re-enter an actual passcode every so minutes because that could be a huge security risk. It sounds great, it sounds convenient, but I would actually be weary about that like I said, having more of a 3D touch capabilities inside the phone is actually great, but on the lock screen, gonna, yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. But yes, now you can actually message somebody without ever opening the app anymore. So basically, apps are becoming useless now, which everybody's been saying the app boom is over, which eventually it had to happen. So many apps were coming out. So many people, you could only look at so many apps a day and actually integrate with them and use them a day that it's actually getting to be 
kind of just really clogged with it. So you could be seeing a lot less uh, emphasis on app development and more of just multimedia uh, kind of all based development. That's what I kind of see a little bit more or a little bit more of bot development and um, just integration with Surrey to actually or other types of apps to actually be more of a better course to actually use for businesses because apps really aren't just doing it anymore. You, you can't just do apps. You can't just have a website, apps and social media. Now you have to do other things, which yay, I think. I don't know. There is one more update. It is, well, Apple is changing the naming of their OS for Mac. Now it's just going to be the Mac OS, which kind of probably going to help the naming of it with code name or the name of it being Sierra. And so with this brings, well, Siri brings with it as well. Um, you can send messages to the Mac. Um, so you can do a lot more things within the Mac and kind of, you know, not always have to check your phone while you're on your Mac. You can actually do it through your Mac now. So they're actually giving you a lot more capabilities with your Mac to integrate with your iPhone and not always have to look at your phone while you're doing something else with it as well. Um, but yes, it should be interesting to see what that does. They also are gonna have an auto lock feature so um, you can lock your phone or unlock your phone that way, uh, basically using your iPhone or watch so it will help you know keep a little bit extra security, especially if you suck at passwords. And a lot of people do suck at passwords. Just saying, we all repeat our passwords. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. We all repeat our passwords because we are on so many different sites that have so many different passwords that you're not gonna remember every single one of them unless you put in an Excel spreadsheet. But I wouldn't wanna do that either because that's not encrypted and someone could get into your system and you're screwed. But yes, there's gonna be that as well. Plus a little bit of additional features. It's a free upgrade, so that's actually a really great thing. But I see a lot of great things coming from this because what needs to happen is more tight integration with this. And Apple's seeing this from Microsoft and Google's doing it with Chrome OS that you're gonna see a better tight integration with desktop mobile and tablet as well because i think they're almost the same with mobile but mobile and desktop is going to be a tighter integration more like a full circle type of thing where you can do everything through it without much of a pain in the butt because that can be a pain in the butt sometimes just saying all right are you a user of storehouse well i'm gonna have to tell you this unfortunate news but they are shutting down yes they're shutting down the services july 15th now they went through a little bit of uh different phases uh, where you could, well, you could share with social and the first one and 2.0 kind of got rid of it. A lot of the users weren't happy. And then what they've kind of found was that they weren't actually seeing the traction that they needed to actually stay uh, afloat or profitable or even to where they needed to be. Uh, so they decided to shut down. They will be going over to Square. Hopefully Square will be utilizing their uh, talent and expertise and hopefully making Square a lot better than it already is. And Square is pretty good but it could be better in a lot of areas. So best of luck to them. And now you do have until July 15th to, well, download all your things and just go to Instagram if you really if you really don't mind the algorithmic feed or VizCon, so you can do that one as well. Like I said, you have options still. Flickr is another great option. All right, Google Fiber looks like it's going to be coming to Dallas. Yes, it's Google's gonna be taking its biggest ambitions of Google Fiber into one of the biggest cities around Southwest area of the United States. It's gonna have really fast internet, but AT&T already has fast internet over there in anticipation of Google coming. Uh, so it should be interesting to see what happens with there, but I'm glad to see that Google's 
going to more and more places because it needs to go to more places because these ISPs or internet service providers have not been upgrading their systems as they should. And it's becoming a nightmare with terrible download speeds and just really long wait times for that. And sometimes not very reliable internet service, even though AT&T kind of, you know, says we have great internet service. They actually really don't. I've seen it go down several times the past couple weeks. Terrible internet service. They are not the best. But yes, they will be coming over to Dallas. Now, interesting enough, they were going to be coming to Portland, Oregon, but had some roadblocks to actually get into it with taxes and other things. There was an Oregon tax law that kind of stonewalled the, the way of getting into it. They finally have opened their first fiber hub a few days ago, but they announced this. They're coming to Portland, Oregon in 2014. And so it's been a long, very long delay for that. So it should be interesting to see what actually happens. I'm really hoping they're going to come to Southern California so I can see Google Fiber. Come on, Google Fiber. Come over here. I want your internet service. And a lot of other people too. Please make AT&T, Comcast, and all of them sweat like crazy. I really want them to sweat like crazy because, ah, like I said before, this is... Google is eventually going to be rolling out to more and more cities. It's just going to take a while only because, well, I mean, building infrastructure takes a while. It takes a lot of manpower, planning, all that other fun stuff. So it's usually going to take a while. But I'm more, more than happy to see more competition within the Internet service because a lot of these traditional ISPs, the ones that been here for a while, are kind of taking advantage of us and not really giving us the best they could give us, even affordably either, because they want the money. They don't care about giving great service. That's their thing. They, they claim in their marketing speak, but that's not really what's happening. All right, the VR bonanza, it has been going on now. E3 is full of it. And Hulu is jumping in on it with their own VR app. Yes, now you can watch 12 Monkeys and look around and see the city and actually be in the show, I guess. And so it should be interesting to see what actually happens. I'm still always saying hold off on it, see what's actually going to be useful or not, because I don't know if VR is going to be useful or not. There are several companies doing it right now. Samsung, but it's using Oculus Rift, OS, HTC right now. You have Sam Sony's coming out soon, and then you're going to have a Razer one as well. So you have about five of them so far doing it. But like I said before, it's still pretty new in the process. I would wait a couple generations for them to kind of streamline it and actually kind of get a hold of it. Um, you also kind of want to see if content providers will actually provide things for you. Now gaming is going to do it because that's what gaming does. I'm still not really on board with it. I still think there's some limitations and problems to it. Plus the graphics cards are getting there. There's more and more cards being pushed out for VR as well as just gaming. So you're going to eventually be seeing it. But like I said before, this is still pretty new. I'm still wondering if this is going to be what, well, it should be. But we, we shall see. But yes, Hulu's coming to VR, specifically Oculus Rift, if you're wondering. So if you're an Oculus Rift user, yay for you if you're HTC Vive. It's still really good. I think HTC is really good, um, especially with the two room spacers to kind of like find where you are and kind of figure out where you are and kind of make it a little bit more useful. But it's the most expensive as well. Until they actually come down in price, most people are probably not going to get it. Just saying. All right, here's some weird news. You know Rhapsody? Yeah, that, that old music service that uh, was been around for a while, but it really isn't as popular as, let's say, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, all the other ones uh, that have been kind of taking over the market. Well, they actually bought Napster in 2011, and they've been chugging along, not really doing much, and then they've all of a sudden decided, hey, we're just going to change our name to Napster. So, effectively soon, 
very soon, in 2016, so this year, they're going to become Napster. No more Rhapsody, uh, because Napster is a cool name. Napster is synonymous with illegal sharing. I don't know why. I think it's just because they can do it. Maybe because, well, Rhapsody is just a weird name, uh, and no one really talked about it. So maybe what they're hoping to see is the buzz will happen, and then people will talk about their business again, but as Napster instead of Rhapsody. So we shall see if it actually happens. Now on the Facebook front, Facebook Messenger is going to be bringing back text messages. Only for Android. Sorry, iOS users, if you love it, you're really not going to, well, you're not really going to you be using it. I don't think they're actually going to be actually pushing it out for iOS, because I think they actually can't. But yes, for Android users, you can now finally send SMS messages through Messenger as well. Now you've had other options for sending SMS messages. You have Messenger, you have Messages, you have Google Hangouts used to do that. They don't really do it anymore, um, but you have a slew of other apps that can actually do that as well. Well, now you have Messenger. So if you spend a lot of time on that, that's great, but you also have WeChat. You also have WhatsApp, which is well, <laughs> Facebook's own thing. Uh, so you had, like I said, many options to actually do this. There's so many apps for messaging. It's a little cray cray. Uh, I'm pretty sure though they're actually going to probably be dialing it down because it's probably not going to be popular as it used to be anytime soon because there's just so much of it out there that it's getting a little crazy. But yes, for my Android users, we can now do it. We can now send stickers. We can do audio as well as video and all this other fun stuff that actually Messenger really quite can't do. They can do pictures and videos. I don't think they can do audio. Uh, but yes, you can do it. Now, it does look a little bit different uh, for uh, Facebook Messenger. It looks different from just the actual Messenger. So there's a little Messenger little icon at the bottom right for people are doing Messenger. And then SMS is in purple, and it looks like a little SMS little icon. So there's a little bit difference in that as well. But yes, you can finally do that if you've been really longing to do that. They brought it back. But they had it. They just brought it back some weird reason. All right, Facebook also is bringing some support tools for people that have suicidal thoughts or gonna be suicidal. So Facebook will be monitoring this. You can, you know, see your friend is actually having a really depressing post. You can send it through them and they will check it and they will give them support for that. So it's actually a really nice thing. I don't mind that even though it is a little snooping. I don't know why you can't just be a friend and actually, you know, talk to them yourself and say, hey, we wanna go out offline, you know, talk about it, you know, kind of get your feelings out. Let's not go to the, I'm so terrible, I'm gonna kill myself phase. Let's go to the, I'm so terrible, let's talk about it phase. It could be that instead, but no, we'll just have an anonymous one instead. Like I said, it's cool, but seriously, if they're your friends, and I say friends as you actually know them, hang out with them, talk to them first. Don't go just go on crazy, we're gonna get you help. Talk to them first, see if they actually need that type of help, and then when they need that type of help, then you can actually help them. That's my thing about it. Like I said, the tools are great, but I don't understand why we just don't do it. You know, help them out first. All right, Twitter has some updates. First, it's going to be aiming to, you know, take those trolls, you know, fight at them. Rawr. Eat them alive. Or just block them. So the new blocking feature is going to be a little bit different than the old one. The old one, you could block them, but they can still see when they when you tweet them. They can still see those tweets, but they couldn't really follow you or really do anything else about it. Well, now you're basically wiped off the face of their earth. So you cannot see them. You cannot see their tweets. Nothing whatsoever. 
So it's another great feature, and it, it, they kind of needed to change that because the blocking in the original one just wasn't that great. So it's nice to see they finally changed this and kind of made it a little bit better, or a lot better, I should say, than it was before. Because before, not that great, to be honest with you. Not really that great. Actually pretty terrible. Really terrible. Awful. That's all I'm going to say about it. But yes. Yay, finally, they've, you know, taken notice. All right, there's another one. Well, this is kind of weird, but now Twitter allows you to retweet yourself because you know those people liking their own posts on Facebook. Well, they can now finally do it on Twitter. Yay, because you think you're so awesome that you've got to retweet yourself. Why? It didn't need to happen. Seriously, Twitter, I get you're trying to be popular, but do other stuff. This is just kind of dumb. Oh look, I'm so awesome, I'm gonna retweet myself because let's try to, you know, manipulate the algorithms and see if I can get my post more popular. Every time, it was like when I saw people liking their own Facebook posts, I'm like, dude, seriously, you wrote it. Of course you're gonna like it. Why do you have to like it yourself? Why do you have to display that saying, I like this? I'd be like, dude, just let people like it themselves. They'll like it if they like it, but you liking it, is weird all i'm saying about that so all right now we're gonna get to the other elephant in the room yes yesterday microsoft acquired linkedin and you're wondering er and i was wondering the same thing when i first heard that i was like er that doesn't make any sense but it actually makes a little bit more sense because one microsoft is heavily into the business side of things with their office suites and other types of uh, programs, servers, and all this other, other stuff, that it actually makes a little bit more sense that they would be more likely to buy LinkedIn over Twitter. Uh, Twitter still probably should be bought, not going to lie, it hasn't been doing very well. I still think Google is the best chance it has for it. I do not want Facebook to buy it. Maybe Apple, but it would just be weird if Apple had it, because Google has been trying to dip its foots into social media and try to actually get popular, and it's not really have... It's not really been a great journey for them, so having an already pre-built audience could actually help them even more and help you know build Twitter's product out even better. So, like I said before, this could be a great thing, could not be a great thing. We will we shall see about that. But they've acquired them for 26.2 billion. Yes, that's a billion dollars. That's a pretty good upgrade in their stock prices. Uh so what is expected to happen is that they said by the end of 2016 the deal should go through and they will they will operate as a separate entity still. So the current CEO of LinkedIn will still be the current CEO of LinkedIn. That's Jeff Weiner, but he will still be remaining as the CEO of LinkedIn or the head of LinkedIn. I don't know what if they're going to be renaming it whatsoever, but yes, it is going to happen. It should be interesting. I'm pretty sure that they're going to be more tight integrations with the social aspect of LinkedIn and, well, just the email client of uh, Microsoft as well as their other office suites. What I really hope Microsoft is going to help them is fixing LinkedIn's website. It is so backward sometimes and some of those it just doesn't make sense to me sometimes that I really hope it goes in and goes yeah we're going to change this because it's got to be better. Adding more functionality to it would also be better too but I really wish that they help LinkedIn write a better website because it's it, it's not really that functional to be honest with you. It looks great and all but there's some backwards things that I just really don't understand. Like checking my own updates to see if I need to erase something or anything else like that it takes like an acrobatic jump between it's not as easy as it should be 
Um, but that's all I'm saying about that. Uh, but best of luck to LinkedIn and Microsoft. That's a huge payout that we will never see. But I wish I could see some of that. Not going to lie. All right. Now, here's my uh, vulnerability update for you. If you get an email that you don't know who sent it to you and it has a JavaScript attachment, don't open it. One reason why is because it has ransomware on it. And that would be a very bad thing. Now, this hasn't really been done before, but this is actually using a legit way, uh, JavaScript. So it kind of passes all through the security protocols, but I would not open it because it's not gonna do very good with your computer and then they're gonna ask you for money. And then once they ask you for money, I'll ask you again because they aren't gonna open that thing. They will not even close open that thing for you. What it does and what files it does read once it kind of already decrypts the files, it reads the, it, it does the following or decrypts the following files, doc, XLS, RFT, PDF, DBF, JPEG, DWG, CDR, PSD, CD, MDB, PNG, LCD, ZIP, RAR, and CSV. So most of the major files that we actually use, it will decrypt. And that could be some pretty bad stuff. Like I said before, if you get a file like that, just don't open it. Just do not open it because it's going to be bad for you and you're going to, you're just not going to do well. And I'm talking to my Russian friends because right now it's only for Russia, but don't have a sigh of relief because eventually it will be coming to other countries, unfortunately, because that's what happens. They don't just stop in their little corner and be like, we're done. We got our money. Nope. They're going to go for the bigger people. But like I said, it's a solid encryption algorithm, it checks out through JavaScript libraries. So there's, like I said, they circumvent that, but it's interesting that they wrote it for JavaScript, which is more for websites than it is for emails. So if you get something like that, that says .js, do not open it whatsoever, unless you trust that friend. But I wouldn't trust that friend if he get, delivers that to you, unless he's doing like development stuff, then I might trust them. All right, there's more ransomware on, on the way too, and this is for Android smart TVs. And the funny part is, it's actually a repurpose of the Frantic Locker. Um, it's kind of a malware that kind of basically locks your TV. He's going to get user TV. Unless you give him $200 worth of iTunes gift cards as the ransom, which I would still not pay, mind you. According to Android users, um, in Kazakhstan, Albirizhen, Bulgaria, Georgia, Hungary, Ukraine, Russia, Armenia, and Belarus. You are safe from harm. Apparently, the full locker will not detect that, those devices, and be like, nope, we're not going to do this. Sorry, we are not going to do this whatsoever. But everybody else, we're screwed. So like I said before, I would be careful about... Uh, smart TVs right now, they have not the best security whatsoever. A lot of security uh, companies have been able to, well, put ma put malware, put nefarious things onto a TV in less than 30 seconds. So it's not the best security in the world. And it doesn't really understand if someone's using their phone from 3,000 miles away, someone using their phone three feet away. So be careful about that. Be extra careful. Problem is, is that the F locker doesn't actually, well, it doesn't actually really take into place until 30 minutes after infecting the unit. So you might not see something for a little while. It will do nefarious things. It will collect phone numbers, contacts, real-time location, other private details that you don't want. So like I said, I would hold off on smart TVs until I figure out better security features because they're not good. All right. 
Now today, the appeals court has has uphold the FCC net neutrality rules. Yay! This is what we want, people. The FCC can reclassify broadbands as a telecom, and they can be a utility now. You can, since um, the companies and the other organizations did not really give the best argument for it, they said that they were an information company because of emails they provide, email service. The FCC came back saying, we see people not really using your service as much as third-party services, so you can't really say that. And they actually agreed. All this was like, yeah, okay, we can't really say that. Yeah, okay, we can't really do that. So, yeah, they're kind of just, they're going to have to deal with this. Um, it's it, Now, before we all jump for joy, this isn't over. They're going to try to appeal again. They're going to go through the process I almost foresee this going to the Supreme Court and seeing the Supreme Court will actually decide this or just pass it down saying, no, we're not going to do this, whatever court. Whatever court uh, below us did it, that's the ruling for it, and so deal with it type of a thing. But yes, they are trying to say that it will inhibit innovation. But the problem is with a lot of these arguments is that they've done this themselves. They've not innovated themselves whatsoever. They've kind of just said, hey, here's crappy internet. Even though the rest of the world's kind of beating us, here's your crappy internet for more expensive than what the rest of the world is giving us. So we kind of just don't get really great internet, but other people get great internet for cheaper. Until other, someone else like Google comes in, and then the, all the other ones are like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta upgrade." What I, what I would like to see from the FCC is for them to actually encourage other companies to get into the internet service, be very competitive with the other ones, so the other ones will actually do something. Because a lot of them, they have crappy internet. Even though they say we have the best internet, no, you don't. I've never seen AT&T have really great internet. I'm sorry, AT&T. I'm throwing you under the bus because you need to be thrown under the bus and then just driven over several times because it's like, oops, nope, not yet. Nope, nope. Okay, I'm done. This is great because, you know what, I have no sympathy for the internet service providers because they only care about data caps and charging us too much because data caps, and I'm going to say this, is going to be causing a problem because you have data caps on mobile phones and you're going to have data caps on internet service, so they're actually going to be forcing a problem where people actually have to pay because they're going over on their internet or they're going to go over on their mobile. It's really ridiculous. Why would you do that? But apparently that's what they're going to do because they want to get the money. They don't care about Well, not, some of them actually do care. I'll say that. T-Mobile seems to be caring about their because they're offering really crazy but cool stuff. But most of them aren't really caring. They're just trying to be competitive with the other ones that are innovating. So they said no sympathy for them whatsoever. And that is the end of Digital Coffee. I hope you enjoyed it. And join me tomorrow where I talk about marketing blend and everything that's going on in the marketing world and give you reasons why, through the LinkedIn uh, buyout, why you should care about your website and why it's important to maintain a website. Also, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, DigitalCO77EE, Facebook Digital Coffee, Google Plus Digital Coffee, YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast, and I'm posting a lot of different E3 stuff right now, uh, VineAndDigital.com. Coffee, Instagram Digital Coffee Podcast. And if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me at Patreon at Digital Coffee. All right, guys, see you tomorrow. Later.